This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Heaven Podcast with LD and TJ. Can you dig that, baby? (laughs) Hey, guys. Welcome to Rock and Roll Heaven, the short set. This is the podcast where we talk about the lives, careers, and deaths of famous musicians. However, this is a short set, so we're going to be talking about a person or a topic that might not necessarily end in death. Unfortunately, today's subject does. Womp womp. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about Shannon Hoon. And if you're unfamiliar with who Shannon Hoon was, he was the front man for the band Blind Melon, who are famous for their song No Rain. And so... We really can't talk about Blind Melon, and we really can't talk about No Rain without knowing who Shannon Hoon actually is. So we're going to have a little bit of a dialogue about his life. Let's do this. Yeah. TJ here. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, hey. This you, is, like, jumped right into the I episode just, this time. You didn't want to talk about nothing. <laughs> you didn't want to talk about your week. You didn't want to talk about no. You want to talk nothing? about my week? Well, You no. want to talk about my week? I think both of us have had pretty crappy weeks so far. Yeah. Yours worse than mine, though. Yeah. I'm going to call you the B-girl. I am the B-girl. Actually, I feel more like the girl <laughs> from the, the Crash Test Dummies song, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm Yeah. Do you remember that song? Yeah. And then she had the mm song. The, the marks all over her body because I went to a party on Friday, which I never do. I never go out. And this is why I don't go out is because I went to a party and they had a caterer, and the caterer clearly had some cross-contamination. I'm severely allergic to fish, and they were serving fish, and I avoided it because I know it can do terrible things to me. And apparently the caterer didn't you know, agree with me on the let's not try to kill anyone front. And um, I guess I got um, some fish juice. Fish juice. <laughs> So now I'm covered in hives and uh, found out that what I was feeling was anaphylactic shock. So, but apparently oh, I just wonderful. apparently I just powered through it. <laughs> I was just like, no, nah, this is. I know in- we recorded an episode and everything, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, hives. <laughs> yeah, apparently what I had was anaphylactic shock. Which is shocking. Shock. Is shocking because generally, like professional chefs and caterers and all that stuff, they know better. Because that kind of cross-contamination can cause major issues, not just in somebody that's allergic, but, like, health-wise, it's really bad to get fish. Because didn't you say you had, Mm -hmm. like, steak and sweet potato? Like, if you get fish with steak, like, that's just, ugh. That's just bad. Don't do it. Yeah. It it was was really really bad. bad. We, we, I had my attack the night before, and then we recorded James Ingram. Yep. And then I had a slight touch of death. And I woke up and I was literally probably I about... know, because we were supposed to do another episode and we couldn't because you weren't feeling well. Yeah. and But here we are. But here we are. A few <laughs> days later. I'm not going to post pictures of it on our Instagram because I don't think... <laughs> I don't think really anybody wants to see that. I don't think that. anybody wants to see that. <laughs> 
I've seen it. It's crazy. You know, <laughs> I could also call you Grayscale since Game of Thrones is almost upon us. <laughs> yeah, I can go with Grayscale. <laughs> she had a touch of the Grayscale kids. Or Mermaid. Mermaid. I'll take that. Aww, mermaid would be a nice one. I can call you a mermaid. I'm a mermaid. But for today, I'm going to call you the Bee Girl because it's appropriate. Yep. And you're living in hives. Yep. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> get it? Get it? <laughs> Sometimes I'm funny, guys. <laughs> so I should say our short sets. If you checked out our one on Pebbles Read, you'll understand that these are more editorialized a little bit. They're a little bit looser. They're not as uh, edited. It's basically you guys listening into one of our rando conversations. Which this, this happens all the time. <laughs> it's true. All right. So let's talk about Shannon Hoon. Yeah. So he was born Richard Shannon Hoon. Hoon was born in Lafayette, Indiana. And raised near Dalton, Indiana, with his half-sister Anna and his half-brother Tim. He reportedly began using the middle name Shannon to avoid confusion with his father, who was also named Richard. In high school, he played football, wrestled, and was a pole vaulter. So already, he's doing better than me. Uh, yeah. I started the drama club, and I was in chorus. Maybe that's why he liked to run around in the video with his shirt off. He Maybe. worked hard. Yeah. <laughs> If you haven't seen the video for No Rain, go pause the podcast, go watch the video. It takes like three minutes and then come back so you're all caught up. We'll probably post it or a link to it or something on our Facebook. Something. Yeah. Go check out our Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Shannon's musical influences included The Grateful Dead, which if you've listened to Blind Melon's music, then you can definitely hear like that through line. He loved The Beatles, John Lennon, Bob Dylan, and after graduation from McClutchen High School in 1985, Hoon joined a local glam metal band named Stiff Kitten, and that's S-T-Y-F-F-K-Y-T-T-E-N, Stiff Kitten, which also featured guitarist Michael Kelsey. He took on the role of the front man and lead singer of the band, and it was around this time that he wrote his first song called Change. He was also a member of the Lafayette band Mank Rage, along with David Lank and Darren Mickler during this time. So this is moving on to Blind Melon. 1985, Hoon, at this time he was 18, so I guess he was not much happened musically between that time. I mean, there's not, I think there's an entire book about Shannon, but I didn't have time to get it on Amazon, so... Sorry. So in 1985, Hoon, at this time he was 18, left Indiana for Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, he met uh, musicians Brad Smith and Roger Stevens at a party. Smith and Steve's, Stevens saw Hoon perform his song Change acoustically and invited Hoon to play with them. Christopher Thorne and Glenn Graham were brought into the fold, and then by 1990, the five musicians decided to form Blind Melon. The band was possibly named for a term that Smith's father used to describe the neighborhood stoners for Blind Melon, Shitlin, <laughs> or it's for... Describing stoners? Yeah. Nice. Blind Melon. I, okay. How do you... I feel like... I mean... I feel like if you were a band in the 90s, like if you were an alternative band in the 90s, you had to pick an adjective and then a noun. <laughs> So it was like blind melon smashing pumpkins, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't understand, like, why you, why his dad would call the stoners blind melons. I don't get it. I don't know. I, well, I don't, this was Los Angeles in the 90s. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so it was either... Smith's father's term for describing the neighborhood stoners or for Blind Melon Chitlin, a character from a Cheech and Chong album. So either way... So either way, it's stoners. Stoners. <laughs> in 1990, the new bandmates produced a four-song demo tape and subsequently signed a $500,000 recording contract with Capitol Records. So again, just like Pebbles, boom. They've right hit out it. The, strong right out the gate. Strong right out the gate. <laughs> Here's a funny thing. In Los Angeles, Hoon befriended his sister's Anna's high school friend, someone you might have heard of before. Have you ever heard of this guy? Um, oh, geez, what's his name? Axel Rose? I think I've heard about him like yeah. one or two times. Yeah. That just sounds like a, a good rocker hmm. name. Hmm. Huh. huh. He, should, he should make a band. He should make a band. <laughs> 
Rose invited. It's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have hung out with Axl Rose. Hmm. Well, I would have hung out with Slash. Okay. Side note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. This is this is why the short sets come out once a month. Yeah. Because we don't want to irritate our listeners. But so sadly, once this episode airs. I believe about a month will have passed since the passing of Luke Perry, who died tragically of a stroke at age 52. And so the day that we found out that he died, me and my husband sat down with my DVD copy of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and rewatched it. I'm so jealous I wasn't here. If you go back and you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, there's so many people in that movie that make appearances. It's Hilary Swank's first movie. I don't know why I really? fudged her name. Yeah, it's her first film. Um, I don't remember oh her gosh. being in who, uh, Paul I haven't Rubens. seen it in so long. Paul Rubens, who was Pee Wee Herman, was in it. Rucker Howard's in it. There's so many people. David Arquette is in it. His sister. I'm not going to say it again because it triggered. It triggered my, her her my, tablet and tablet. we could not figure out. All of a sudden, it was talking to us and we couldn't. <laughs> We couldn't figure it out. It really scared us. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So if you go back and you watch Buffy, the the DJ is Slash. And you actually get to see Slash without his hat, without the ringlets. It's I gotta borrow this from you. I haven't seen it in so so weird. Well you have to sign it out of my library. I mean you've seen I know, you're kind of you're very it's like a library. Yeah. I have over. She a, has a ton of movies. Legit, I have over a thousand films. Yeah, and that's just in like you're not even seeing the TV collection. I you don't have think a TV collection and my documentary collection, which are in the ba- the bedroom. Dang. Getting back to Anyways, Shannon. Hoon. Back to Shannon. <laughs> in Los Angeles, Hoon befriended his sister Anna's high school friend Axel Rose. And Rose invited Hoon to join him in the studio where his band's Guns N' Roses were recording their album, Use Your Illusions 1 and 2, which, by the way, is my favorite Guns N' Roses album. Um, yeah. That, and it's like, very close behind is Spaghetti Incident. Very close behind. But both of those were released in 1991. So Hoon sang backing vocals on several of the tracks, including The Garden and Don't Cry. Rose also invited Hoon to appear in the video for Don't Cry. So nice. Hold. In 1992, Bly Mellon released their self-titled debut album produced by Pearl Jam producer Rick Peshore. Bly Mellon began touring to promote the album and supporting opening acts like Ozzy Osbourne, Guns N' Roses, and Soundgarden. Bly Mellon began touring to promote the album, supporting an opening for acts like Ozzy Osbourne, Guns N' Roses, and Soundgarden, which we actually covered Chris Cornell in a previous episode. So, yeah. over the course of 1992 and 1993. In the summer of 1993, the video for the album track No Rain was released as a single. The video for No Rain focused on the theme of a normal crowd versus the lonely outcast. And this is kind of what we're going to focus on on this episode, but we're going to just kind of give you a little bit of an overview and then we're going to hop back to it. So it featured a young girl played by Heather Loesch in a bee costume tap dancing to an unappreciative audience who finally finds an entire crowd of people similarly dressed who welcome her. The video is often referred to as the B-Girl. By Mellon went multi-platinum. So that's... I think it's weird because in the 90s, there seemed to be a theme and a story. I don't feel like they make music videos like they did in the 80s and the 90s anymore. Definitely not. Every once in a while you'll get one, but it's not... First of all, I mean... I mean, look at... No offense, but where do you even watch music videos anymore other than online? YouTube. Yeah, but who, I don't. I don't know. I don't know but, about you, but I don't got the time. But <laughs> one music video I go back to is actually Guns N' Roses' "November Rain." I was gonna November say. <laughs> I was gonna say "No Rain." You mean yeah. "November Rain"? No, that was "November a great Rain" video. Though. That was such a good. Oh video. my god! Well, such a great song. First of all, oh, and but then the video. Oh, I so actually good. remember so because at the end of the music video for "November Rain," it actually says, "Based on the short the short story Life Without You." By Del James. And I remember trying to find the short story. Anything by Del James. 
tried my hardest. Like I went to the library, tried to figure out the Dewey Decimal System, tried to find anything by Del James <laughs> so I could like read the short story because I love the music video so much. Could not find it anywhere. Could not. So flash forward years later, I'm working at this place called 2020 Video, which is right on the corner of Hollywood Way and Verdugo, I think. It's where uh, there's a yogurt shop there now. Um, okay. But, but I, I used to say, work there. I think there. that's a yogurt land now. <laughs> and in the first, like, month that I worked there, a guy came in and he, you know, rents his videos and he brings them up to the thing and I'm just like, what's your name? And he says, Del James. And something in the back of my head, like, Clicked. sparked. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Your name is Del James. Like, the guy who wrote the short story for November rain and he was like how do you remember that and I'm like I spent half my childhood trying to find that short story (laughs) and he was like yeah that's me I'm that Del James did you ask him if you could I asked him can I get the story and here's the thing he says he doesn't even have a copy of it anymore he said he loaned Axel the copy and it's lost to history so (sighs) naughty Axel yeah, so I got that from Find Del James. Del's story and send it to us because we want to read it. Unless that wasn't the real Del James. And then you not only broke the heart of 1991 me, but you broke the heart of 24-year-old me and now me. Me, me. <laughs> and me. Yeah. So. That's a bummer. Hmm? Doesn't exist anywhere. Naughty Axel. Yeah. I don't remember if he actually blamed Axel, but he was like, I loaned it out and just never got it back. I'm like, you kind of make copies of that, you know? Mm -hmm. (sighs) So Hoon and Blind Melon spent the next two years touring. And in 1993, Hoon was actually arrested for an incident and for indecent exposure after he disrobed on stage and urinated on a fan (gasps) at a show in Vancouver. What? What makes you pee on... Someone in Canada. I was going to say, what makes you pee on a Canadian? <laughs> They're so nice. They're really nice, and I guarantee you the <laughs> guarantee you the fan apologized. Probably, like I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you that angry. <laughs> so, uh, Blind Melon appeared at Woodstock '94, where Hoon, allegedly high on LSD, went on stage wearing his girlfriend's white dress. So, okay. <sighs> Which isn't that weird. Like, in the 90s, there were a lot of guys wearing dresses. Yeah. I, I think that's probably not even just specific to the 90s. I no. mean... Monty Python's been I doing mean, it for years. Yeah. <laughs> Chip's always telling me how he wants to go to New Orleans and for the Red Dress Festival thing. Because he wants to run around wearing red dresses. I don't know. I mean, I've... And he also dressed as Tina Belcher for Halloween a couple years ago. <laughs> I think, I think a lot of guys freedom. actually have done that. So I think most guys have, at some point in their lives, worn a dress just because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, after taking a hiatus from touring, Blind Melon returned to the studio to record the album Soup in New Orleans. Soup was released in 1995. I think that's, I think that's their entire discography pre-Shannon passing away. So uh, on Ju- this is more about Shannon's personal life and his actual death. So on July 11th, 1995, Hoon and his girlfriend, Lisa, had a daughter named Nico Blue. Before the birth of his daughter, Hoon entered rehab again. So he's been in rehab before. It just wasn't really covered before. In August, Blind Melon planned to tour to support their album, Soup. So Hoon allowed a drug counselor to accompany him on the road. The counselor was unable to keep Hoon from relapsing, and he was dismissed days before Hoon's death. After a disappointing performance in Houston on October 20th, Hoon launched himself into an all-night drug binge. The next day, Saturday, October 21st, 1995, Blind Melon was scheduled to play a show in New Orleans at Tipitina's. Sorry if I'm butchering that name. At Tipitina's and the band sound engineer, Lyle Eaves. E-A-V-E-E-S. Eaves. Eaves. Yeah. The band's sound engineer, Lyle Eves, went to the tour bus to awaken Hoon for a sound check, but Hoon was unresponsive. An ambulance arrived, and Hoon was pronounced dead at the scene at age 28. His death was attributed to a cocaine overdose. I know. 
And it's really sad because you'll 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 find out later that so many so many great talents being taken by drug overdoses. Yeah, just say no, kids. Hoon was buried at Dayton Cemetery in Dayton, Indiana. His gravesite is inscribed with a line from Blind Melon's song "Change," the first song he ever wrote. I know we can't all stay here forever, so I want to write my words on the face of today, and they'll paint it. It's just so sad because he had gone to the rehab. He was trying to clean himself up and get his life back in order well so yeah because he even takes the sober companion on the road with him and then he fires him and one bad show like come on i mean well you have to think now i'm not i'm not an expert on drugs but there's a reason why people do it and they do it to numb things well yeah and you never know what people are thinking but it's just and people are going to it's just heartbreaking people are going to get sober when they're ready to get sober Right. Because there's only two choices in when you do drugs, and that's sobriety or death. Yeah. And, you know, again, we open up that dialogue that you're never alone. And addicts will, when they're ready to clean up, that's when they'll clean up. It was just like yeah. with cigarettes, when I was quitting cigarettes, you know, I could have I could have been still smoking to this day, but I was ready to quit. Yeah. You have to be ready. Any addiction, you have to be ready to be done with it. You know. Yeah. Or it's not gonna. It's not gonna it's work. Not, it's not gonna take. You're gonna. I mean, I've quit smoking like eight hundred times, and surprise, surprise, there's still a pack in my purse. I am trying. I'm making an effort at this point because at this point, you know, I really do want to be done, but not quite there yet. I'm working on that. it. Working on it. I'll get there. On November twelfth, nineteen ninety six, Blind Melon released their final album featuring Hoon, Nico as a tribute to him with all the proceeds going to his daughter and a program to help uh, that helps musicians basically deal with drug problems. So, you know, that's that's one of those ripple effects that something good did come out of it. Uh, the band released a video later called Letters from a Porcupine that was nominated for Best Long-Form Music Video at the Grammy Awards on February 25th, 1997. Blind Melon remained active for the next four years following Hoon's death. The remaining members had planned to continue the band in memory of him and auditions to fill the vacancy that the singer held. However, they never managed to find a permanent replacement for Hoon, and Blind Melon officially disbanded in 1999. After years of refusing to perform together out of respect for Hoon, the surviving members reformed Blind Melon in 2006 with Travis Warren taking his place. On September 17, 2008, a book, see this is the book that I was talking about, a book called Devil on One Shoulder and an Angel on the Other, The Story of Shannon Hoon and Blind Melon by Greg Prado was published. On September 15, 2018, photos of Hoon's final performance with Blind Melon at the Numbers Club in Houston on October 20th, which was the one that he, I guess, considered like the bad, the bad, the bad show. show. Okay. The Day Before He Died were released for the first time by fan Zach Joshua Rose, who took the pictures and claimed that he hung out with the band members except for Hoon, who had disappeared after the show. Which it's weird to think that that yeah yeah he was hanging out with the band members and Shannon was Shannon was ODing uh, yeah Shannon was already gone so now we're gonna move on to the music video for No Rain which is the B girl the B girl and we do love we love this we actually sat down before we recorded this episode and rewatched that video and it still kind of holds up today it really does i mean so, it's still a really well done video but again the same thing you can go back and listen to november rain you can watch that music video and yeah. it still holds up today and it still has this great story but go back and i'm not gonna name names but go back and watch like certain music videos from last year and <laughs> they're going to be shallower there's not as much of a story i mean like the 90s were those epic. We had they're meatloaf. stories, and... but they're not quite the same, I think. I mean, well, who who beats meatloaf, really? He's so dramatic. I mean, honestly, you're going to think this is funny, but I think one of the most interesting music videos that have come out in like the last 10 years was Katy Perry's The One That Got Away, which just blindsides you. Yeah. You know, Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Uh, meatloaf. I love that song. I just, in case y'all haven't figured it out, I just really love music. <laughs> I'm going to say that's probably a good thing because well, we have a, a music really podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good thing since we have a music podcast. Yeah. Uh, I need to just like 
take an entire day off of work and just sit and watch and listen to like music videos and listen to music like just all day top to bottom yeah nothing but music all day long well why don't you go listen to one of the spotify playlists that i made that you can find by going to lindley ehrlich on spotify and finding our playlist there <laughs> so the music video for no rain of course it's a song by blind melon Uponymous debut album released in 1992 and the song was written by the bass player brad smith and became the band's breakthrough single and this is one of those things that's like really, really sad because he died in 1995. Yeah. And the song was released in 1992. So he really only had three years. Mm-hmm. Only three years to enjoy it. I mean. Yeah. So Brad wrote the song before he had formed the band. He had moved. Okay. So this, I should say, I I had a bunch of my notations and my citations from where this is from, but there was a, a couple different websites that I pulled this from. And so this, I believe, is from one of the like music bios that kind of picked up on the story of Blind Melon. It's not verified, so forgive me, because there's always speculation behind a song. So Brad wrote the song before he formed the band. He had moved from Mississippi to Los Angeles, where he fell into a funk. Brad was dating a girl who was going through a depression, and she would sleep through sunny days and would complain when it didn't rain. And for a while, he told himself that he was writing a song from her perspective, but he later realized that he was also writing about himself. He explained, and this is a quote, No rain came from when I first moved to California, and I was playing songs on Venice Beach for change. I kind of like that. Oh, me too. Like humble beginnings. Venice Beach used to be so cool. It used to be. used to be. I was having to come up with material during the week after my construction job, and then I would get my guitar and go down to the beach and open up the guitar case, and I'd play on the Venice Beach boardwalk for change for enough money to pay for parking and uh, chicken teriyaki, and that was my weekend. <laughs> nice. Like a good weekend. And I, it, God, paying, just pay for parking. Yeah, just pay, pay for, for park- the parking, yeah. God. Yeah, paying for parking down there is ridiculous Ugh. especially on a quote beach day like where it's oh, nice out because the more people go the higher they jack that parking up yeah and it was inspired by just how tough it is in la i had bouts of depression and the whole what am i doing here and am i going to go back to mississippi i'm never going back to mississippi and i would fight it and i would stick to my guns like i want to be a musician i want to be out here in california i don't want to go back home i had nobody out here there was no family. I didn't know a soul when I was out here at first. And I can relate. Yeah. You know, when I when I moved here from New York, because I, I lived in South, you know, I was born in Louisiana, raised in South Carolina, moved to New York, and I moved out here from New York, Man, and I, feel- I didn't know anybody. I didn't know a single soul. I had nothing. And then luckily my brother had a friend that he went to high school with that lived out here. And so I got to stay with him for a little while until I got myself settled. And it, it that's so hard because you feel so down and it's really hard to meet people. It can be brutal out here, too, like, honestly, because mm. you don't. You don't know anybody. But mm. I feel like maybe I feel like coming from New York shouldn't have been so jarring except for not knowing anybody because, I mean, New York is. But you have to have a car city. here. No, that's there's true. so many. There's so like people think L.A. and New York are similar. And in my opinion, they are not because it's. You know, New York is built up. L.A. is built out. Yeah. You have to have a car. You have to LA have, is you know, huge. and it's it is, is weird because when I did yeah. move out here, I had my own bedroom, which I didn't have in New York because you live in a broom closet <laughs> with six other people and you still pay nine hundred dollars. And then other friends that don't make that much money think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> that does not sound lovely at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can definitely relate moving to L.A. I didn't really know anybody here. I met people right away. Like, I started out here on an internship program. So there was other people from my school. And then there was the, like, the internship coordinator. But those were, like, that's my first friend in L.A. was the internship coordinator. <laughs> that I'm, you know, I'm still friends with. And... I mean, that was hard enough, and that was having other people going through the same thing 
at the same time. Yeah, I didn't have that. Like, like I just, I wing in a prayer. I just got tired of New York and tired of really expensive rent. And I had been on most of the shows in Los, you know, in, in New York and decided that I wanted to move out here and try my hand at this yeah. one. So I guess I can kind of relate on that. And like, it wasn't when I moved to LA, it was that month I lived in Nashville because I went to Nashville. I didn't know anybody. I have one friend that plays at Tootsie's, but it's not like we're good friends. Like, we just, I'd go and see him play <laughs> to get a little, to like feel like I knew anybody at all out there, <laughs> you know, and he's a great guy. So whatever, but, but still, <laughs> that's, that's, it's rough. You don't know anybody. So the song is not, is, so the song is about not being able to get out of bed and finding excuses to face the day when you have really nothing in the way and you've hit rock bottom and he said that he wasn't even on drugs or drinking it was just tough it was a tough point in my life and the cool thing about that song is i think a lot of people do interpret those lyrics properly and connect with them on a level where i don't understand why i sleep all day and i start to complain that there's no rain it's just a line about i'd rather it be raining so i can justify myself lying in bed and not doing anything but it's a sunny day so go out and face it so that's where the lyrics and the song were inspired from was basically him just having to write songs and he's just pulling from his real life. And being in the state of the mind that he was in and having to come up with material to play down on the beach. So he played that song on the beach for change and for over a year before Shannon Hoon actually joined the band and really made the song a hit. I think it was a good song and I think that Shannon made it a great song. Indeed. And the song is the band's highest charting song, reaching number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the album Rock Tracks and Modern Rock Track Charts. So, let's jump into the music video. Mm -hmm. The concept for the official video was inspired by the Blind Melon album cover, which features a 1975 photo of Georgia Graham, the younger sister of Blind Melon drummer Glenn Graham. Heather Deloche was the first to audition for the role of the B-Girl, and because she resembled Graham's sister so much, director Samuel Bayer, who also directed Smells Like Teen Spirit for Nirvana, if you don't know who that is, uh, chose her. Rings a bell. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we're going to do a future episode on him or anything. No. Which would probably be a three-parter, because, you know, me. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Heather Deloche recalled to MTV news oh my god remember when mtv news was a thing yes <laughs> have you seen carson daly lately have you seen kurt loader lately i have not seen kurt loader i do miss kurt loader i do too so she actually told mtv news about her audition for the b-girl they told me that sam didn't look at any other tapes i went in with my hair in braids and wearing those chunky glasses because they said to look nerdy my mom said that we had to find some glasses before we went, and so we ran to the local mall right before the audition and bought them. Sam liked them so much that they're the same ones that I used in the video. Brad Smith recalled, at the time we were doing No Rain, it was like, this is great, but I felt this way about all the other videos, so you just never know. Sam Bayer was a killer director and shot an amazingly beautiful video that had a storyline in it, and people were connecting with that B-Girl. We brought that B-Girl to life, and it was on the front of the album cover. So the music video itself was directed by Samuel Bayer and stars Heather Deloche, which we've already covered, as the B-Girl, a young tap dancer wearing a homemade bee costume and large glasses modeled after the Blind Melon album cover. The B-Girl story is intercut with footage of Blind Melon performing in a field against a clear blue sky, which I don't feel like we... I mean, I don't know if they did color correction on that sky, but... They had to have. I feel like we had those skies, though. More, yeah, but it was more vibrant. It was too vibrant to have not been touched a little <gasps> I bit. I know, but I feel like I, because I can not remember only is those the sky, skies. Yeah, but not only is the sky that blue, but the grass is, like, hyper green. I know, but and I like feel all like the in other my colors, memories, that's what happens. I know, but I feel like with all the other colors just popping the way that they do, they they had to have. There's no hashtag no filter here. <laughs> like they had to have at least had a filter or some color correction or something. Just saying. It would be really pretty to have those skies again. It would be very pretty. I mean, the colors <laughs> in the video are just Gorgeous. beautiful. Well, it's really but... interesting. Let's talk about that for a second. The... The really interesting thing is if you look at the music video for No Rain, in the beginning it almost seems like sepia. It seems kind of washed out. And as she's going through the inner city, yeah, 
it kind of almost looks like it has a bleach bypass. It looks Those like are faded. <laughs> Those are the real colors. And then you cut to the you cut to the bee garden and there are those vibrant colors and that's you know what the band is playing in is it's it's beautiful and i I don't know it just i mean i'm sure it's intentional to have that juxtaposition of of oh absolutely colors oh yeah of the difference between just kind of going through and trying to be seen and then breaking into this whole world that feels right right, you know (laughs) Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> okay, I'll get you a Coke. Yes. Okay, it opens on the girls' tap dance routine, and the audience respond with mocking laughter, and the little girl runs off stage in tears. As the song plays, she wanders through the city, stopping to perform her dance for whomever will watch. And ultimately, at the point where the song, like at the point in the song where the word escape is repeated a couple times, she peeks her gate, which elicits a look of astonishment on her face. And then she runs through the gates to join a group of bee people of all shapes and sizes dancing joyfully in the green field, which we can all relate to that. Like we can all we can all relate to trying to find your hive, trying to find the place you belong. Yeah. Your group of people trying to find your tribe. Yeah. And we we've all felt that way, like the world was laughing at us and looking at us and especially both of us at one point. I mean, I you are I was a performer. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing scarier than silence. And that's yeah. what she encounters after she puts her heart into this dance. And she's obviously put herself out there. And these people react negatively. But the point of the video is she persists. She keeps dancing until she finds her group. And I think that that's one of the things that's made it resonate with people to this day is that we've all been there. We've all mm-hmm. had those moments of uncertainty. We've all had those moments where we've put ourselves out there and gotten a negative response. And you keep pushing through and then you find your people and you find your group of friends. Yeah. And I think that's I, I think that's something that we can all relate to. And I don't think that ages. I think it's ageless, that, that idea of alienation even though you've put your heart on the line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, everybody has that story. That story of all the kids that picked on you or not being the outcast, not feeling like you belong like in school and all that stuff growing up. And then, you know, as you get older in your life, you realize that, okay, that doesn't really matter as much because you are on a path and it's okay to be different or unique or have a different point of view and learning how to seek out others that feel similarly or have the same interests and so the the concept as a whole is yeah like you say it's completely timeless I mean everybody has has lived that that's like our age and there's kids now living through that that it's difficult of feeling like they don't fit in because they don't like the same things as everybody else or i think that blind melon though was doing that that idea of it gets better 20 years before it gets better was even a thing right so i I think that people see a little bit of hope in that video and it touches us in a way that other music videos or other songs might not Right. Okay, so as a result of the video, Deloche appeared on the 1993 Video Music Awards and reprised her B-Girl dance in full costume. And she also did the video for Weird Al Yankovic song Bedrock Anthem, which was a parody That's of cool. Under the Bridge, I think. Really? I think. It's, it's definitely a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover. Okay. Okay. Yeah. VH1 ranked the No Rain video 83rd on its 100 Greatest Videos of All Time list, One Hit Wonders, and number 15 of its Greatest 40 Greatest One Hit Wonders of the 1990s. That's two very different lists. So it's yeah. 83rd. Well, they're both One Hit Wonder on, lists. But yeah, they're... but it's okay. 83rd on the 100 Greatest Videos of All Time list, One Hit Wonders, and then number 15 of its 40 Greatest One Hit Wonders of the 1990s. That's a lot to take in. That's well, one's all time and one's just of the 90s. Yeah. So, in popular culture, the song was played in several episodes of The OC and featured in its TV commercials for Nestle's chocolate bars, Sean Nuss. The song was used in the trailer for the film Sideways. The song was also featured in the background of a 1993 episode of the U.S. soap opera One Life to Live. It was covered by John Craigie on his 1990s 
cover album, Leave the Fire Behind, American folk roots pop singer Josh Rose performed a version of the song in August 1915. No, August <laughs> performed a 1915. version. <laughs> Damn, this song transcends time and space. <laughs> He performed a version of the song in August 2015 for the AV Club's AV Undercover series. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. The song was heard briefly in Season 1, Episode 2 of the show New Girl and in a short-lived U.S. TV show called Surviving Jack in the episode How Do You Talk to an Angel, which was a song by the Heights in the 90s. See, there you go. Yeah. It was also the opening track for Episode 5 of Season 2 of My Mad Bat Diary. A David Likens co- mm-hmm. okay. A David Likens cover version of the song appeared in season one finale of the TV show Preacher. The song was also referenced in Analog's song "Paper Bag" off the album "Wreck of the Day." The song was featured in the 1997 movie "Private Parts," based on Howard Stern's early career. In August of 2009, it was actually made as a downloadable track for Rock Band, the video game. <laughs> Which is crazy to think that was 10 years ago, but who plays rock band anymore? So now we're going to touch on... Oh yeah, it was also um, used in at least one episode of The Mick that was on... What's The Mick? A TV show with the... the, I'm the worst with actors' names. The the girl from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The blonde lady. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wait, was that the one about the babysitter? She's not a babysitter. She was their aunt. Close enough. Aunts are built-in babysitters. <laughs> no, so she was their aunt, and then their parents went to prison. So she came in, but she's like their white trash aunt. And they were rich. And they're super rich. Yeah. It is. The girl is. Caitlin Olson. There we go. She's an Olson. No. I don't know if she's Ann Olson, like Olson twins Olson, but Caitlin Olson. I don't know. There's like sixty the of them lead right actress, um, but yeah. So there's one episode where it's featured heavily because it becomes established as that's like her favorite song of all time. So it's at least mentioned in one episode where it's heavily featured, and then because there's a point where she is high and she's thinking she's just kicking butt playing it i think on the cello and she's just being amazing and then cuts to what's actually happening is that she's just butchering everything <laughs> and it's terrible and she's just super high but yeah it's it was a funny show funny episode but the song was featured heavily in that episode and i think mentioned a couple more times later but see it's interesting now because you see that kids that were growing up in the 90s are now in charge of tv and they're pulling that mm-hmm. nostalgia cord real hard. Oh, yeah, they are. So now we're going to touch on something that we haven't actually touched on before, which is on the video for No Rain. I checked the comments just because I was interested in seeing how long ago it was since someone had posted something on No Rain. And it was at the time, which was a, like a week ago, it had been three days. Oh, wow. So people are still posting on this video in 2019 and so i pulled a couple that i thought kind of matched with what we've been talking about so a humble man sir said i don't know about anyone else but i always feel happy but emotional pain when i listen to the old 90s hits it feels good but it hurts at the same time maybe it's just me and that was a month ago Mm. donnie johnson wrote for those of you who are still looking for your tribe, remember, we're still trying to find you. And that was four months ago. Oh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. And Melissa Moulter wrote, be your own kind of bee. You'll eventually find others. Blind Melon said so. And that was six months ago. <laughs> Cute. David Trogue wrote, I sincerely hope and wish that everyone one day can find their bumblebees. And Ashley Spencer wrote, I've always been a chubby freckly nerdy girl and i love this song when the music video first came out my brother teased me and called me the b girl and it used to upset me to the point of tears i was very young and insecure when this first came out but now that i'm well into my adulthood i've embraced the b girl i love being different i love being weird hell i even love being chubby lol 
It's who I am. And at the end of the day and at the end of the video, I found my hive and I am happy. And that was, that was one year ago. And then Super J. Dilly Dilio <laughs> okay. wrote, Sometimes I feel like that little bee. And that was a month ago. And this is the one that was from three days ago from Jay Young. As an inner city African-American from Philadelphia who only grew up listening to rap, I can honestly say this kind of music speaks to the soul. Such a tragic yet beautiful account of being an outcast and searching for acceptance, yearning to be amongst others like yourself. I'm still on that journey to this day. Thank you, Shannon, for blessing us with this masterpiece. Rest easy. And honestly, I wanted to end it on that because he grew up only listening to rap and now he's been exposed to this. And I think that really just sums up what the message of the video is. And I think Jay said it beautifully and to Shannon's, to Shannon and Shannon's family and friends, we do hope he rests easy. Yeah. Well, and I hope that, uh, I'm hoping Jay finds his, his bees soon. Yeah. Sounds like he's working on it. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find your, your little hive. Well, I got lucky because I found my bees. I did too. I found... Well, I found a bee. I found a bee too, but where there's two bees, <laughs> there are more. There to are find. more, and they will find us. Yeah, and we will take you I've into collected. our wings. I've collected a few bees over the years. Yeah, yeah, and I've said goodbye to a few bees over the mm-hmm. years, and some have moved, and I miss them greatly. But they're pursuing yeah. their dream, and that's those are the hard ones. It's like, oh, come back, I miss you, but I also, know. but also, good luck, and I love you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I you know. actually had to say goodbye to two friends because they were in love and they moved down to Florida and I miss her and him greatly. But she was, you know, one of my best friends and she was one of my first bees. Aww. And, you know, she was one of the longest friendships that I've had from California. So, mm. you know, it'll just take time to find your hive and hopefully you can find, you know, we, we hope to build a community. I have a bee that moved to Florida, too. We hope that this can be a community where we can have our little bees. You know? Yeah. So. Buzz, uh, buzz, little bees. <laughs> LD and TJ are here. And also, buzz. Bee Girl is beautiful. All, she's beautiful. She's she, all grown up. She's, she's married. married. <laughs> like Okay, now you owe me again. a Coke. I know. <laughs> we do that a lot. <laughs> where we just say the same thing at the same time in the same inflection. Yep. That's the creepy part, is that it's in the same inflection. <laughs> that's why you're my bee. Exactly. That's why we're bees. That's why we're together bees. Yes. So uh, that wraps up this episode of The Short Set. Find us on our social if you want to hang out with us. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we do have a Patreon set up. It's patreon.com backslash rock and roll heaven. You can find us on Twitter at rock and roll LT. You can find us on Facebook, Rock and Roll Heaven Pod. Our Instagram is Rock and Roll Heaven LT. And, and, and either LD or, or myself, we are the ones checking all this. So yeah. We're the ones talking back to you. So we like it. It's fun. It, it makes the day a little more fun. And we enjoy getting to be like, oh, my gosh, somebody else talked to us. Woohoo! Also, you can find <laughs> us on our, our, you know, our Instagram at Rock and Roll Heaven LT. But you can also find me at Carolina Blue Prod. I think productions. You went it, all out. I went all out. You all, you went all, all in, right. babe. I don't know my name on Instagram. So <laughs> Carolina Blue Productions. It's a picture of my shiny face, and then they can find you on Instagram at Singing TL. Excellent. Uh, and then we do have a website, but I don't feel like saying it right now. <laughs> it's too long. It's go, so long. Go contribute to our Patreon. We really would just want to buy that dang domain name so that we don't have to try so to can, explain this website anymore. Yeah, so we don't have to have a Google address <laughs> and we don't have to explain this name anymore. So uh, you can email us. We love emails at rockandrollheavenlt at gmail.com. You can reach out to us that way. Give a show suggestions. Uh, do any corrections. Please, if you know yeah. something is wrong in the uh, the episode, let us know. Because we love learning. That's why we're here. That's we, why we're doing this. So so you guys have a great week. This We're recording this way ahead of schedule. So I don't know what next week's episode is. And I don't know what last week's episode was. So I hope you guys yeah. enjoy them. <laughs> They're probably just like this. Except longer. Yeah. And with less swearing. <laughs>
I don't think we swore too much. Well, I know at least a, a we, couple. Things. We did a couple, but I, I couple, think but... I think the I think the bulk of them are in the stuff that's getting cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a great week. We will catch you on Saturday. Check us out for an all new episode. Then, if you're not caught up with the episodes, they're still in the backlog. Feel free to go check them out. The yeah. show is non-sequential, so you can hop in on any episode you want. We have some great episodes on Patsy Klein, Big J McNeely, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah, because Chris will have already aired, and I know that because <laughs> I'm looking at the script Peter right Tork. there. Peter Tork. Peter Tork. Lisa Lefthat Lopez. And, of course, we love taking Karen suggestions. Carpenter. Yeah, Karen Carpenter. So we love taking suggestions. So if you guys have anyone you think that we should cover, uh, we... We'll absolutely do that since we're still in kind of our infancy and taking our baby steps. So Exactly. So you guys have a great week. We'll check you out on Saturday. And I guess that's it. Yeah. That's it. All right. Goodbye, TJ. Bye, Abby. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yes. That's excellent. <laughs> that stays in. Yes. Bye. <laughs>